1: And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future podcast presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I am your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future, and you can find my work at astrosfuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future.
0: And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton, and you can find me on Twitter at bham1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo H-O-U, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.
1: It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to talk, but today on the episode, we're going to do a look around the minors and then also look at the the resurging Astros. So we'll get it started on the minor league side. The Skeeters are sitting at 52 and 40. They've been playing some really good baseball recently, and one of the guys who who's actually kind of been crushing, he started the season hot, went through a little bit of a cold spell, but has been a lot, or hitting the ball really well recently, is Jose Siri, and I know that's a guy we have talked about at this point, he's basically insurance for anything that happens with the Astros in the, at the outfield level, but he's sitting 310, 14 homers, 25 doubles, 22 stolen bases. We talked about him possibly being, you know, like a trade candidate. And obviously, ended, they ended up moving Daily Cruz at the deadline. But another guy that's just uh, a, a solid depth for the Astros is something was to happen to maybe a, a Myers or a McCormick, and, and we needed another outfielder to come up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know earlier in the season, you and I discussed him a lot, and we thought that maybe he could be used as trade bait, but it turns out that. Like you just said, it looks like he's just going to be organizational depth at this point. You know, maybe in the offseason, he lands with another team because I believe we only signed a one year deal. But maybe he lands with another team and gets a major league invite. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you said, he's just going to be insurance in case something happens at the big league level. But hey, he's put together quite a season for himself. You know, minor league free agent, not much interest around the league. We signed him, but he's turned into one heck of a he's turned in one heck of a season.
1: Yeah, definitely. And another guy I'm, I'm pretty intrigued uh, with to see what he's going to end up being, I guess, either in the Astro system or in general, but J.J. Matajevic, a guy we talked about quite a bit, but he's got 10 homers now at the A level, 19 overall, and he's got a an OPS, you know, approaching 900. Not hitting for much average. He does strike out some, but he, the guy's hitting for power, and I'm just interested to see where where his career is going to fall. Is he going to get an opportunity to, to kind of show what he can do at the major league level? I don't really see it being with the Astros unless there's some injury concerns only because he's kind of a first base, maybe a corner outfield type prospect. And and we're pretty set at those positions right now. Uh, but interested to see what what he does moving forward.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, first base, corner outfield, that type of position. And we're kind of heavy there as is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this offseason is going to be pretty interesting. Um, we could – we have a lot of organizational depth. I know that our system isn't ranked very highly. I know you and I disagree with those rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but – you could see some moves around you know like we're, we're we're stacked pretty much in the outfield corner outfield positions you could look and see if maybe there's like some sort of deal out there where we can trade some of that depth for another team's depth that we're lacking you know what i mean and, and mejebitry can right. be one of those guys i mean he was what like a second or third round pick not too yep. long ago
1: yep second round pick in, in 2017 he's actually i think he i believe he was one of the comp picks we got for the uh the the cardinals hacking scandal so him yep. and Corbin right. martin were, were, were the two comp picks, and we, we, we flipped Martin for in the Greeky deal, and now we still got Matajevic. But on the pitching side, the Skeeters have had some really good pitching performances recently, and J.P. France, he's a guy who's kind of came out of nowhere we talked about him quite a bit. He was really good. He struggled a little bit in his last outing, but overall in the season, he's got 114 strikeouts in 85 innings and in triple a, which is we've talked about it being a really good hitters park or hitters league. And he's got a 3.33 RA. So another guy who came out of nowhere, we've seen a lot of these performances. The next guy we'll talk about will be the same, but just striking out a lot of guys getting hitters out and looking like maybe a guy that the Astros can use as as a bullpen arm uh, possibly next season.
0: Yep, And you, we all know how um, valuable bullpen arms can be, especially after the early season struggles. It's become one of our strong points now once we get the right guys thrown in there. But uh, yeah, man, that's a guy that you've been high on pretty much all year. I know you you had an interview with him and everything. So that's a guy that we could absolutely see making the team out of spring training uh, next year in the bullpen.
1: And then another guy who I really think will have an opportunity, especially that he's a left-hander, but Jonathan Bermudez, he's been killing it in double A all season, finally got promoted to triple A last night in his debut, he struck out seven over four scoreless and he's sitting at 113 strikeouts in 82 innings and he's only walked 22, just a really good season. He's not going to blow you away with this stuff. You know, he's a a low 90s type of guy, but deceptive, good slider and uh, hopefully a guy that you know, we'll get an opportunity maybe in the bullpen again to, to be a left-hander. I mean, I, we got Taylor and uh, and Rayleigh in there right now, but I don't know what the contract situation's like next year. But, you know, Bermudez could be a guy who is close to the major league level as a left-hander, and maybe he'll get an opportunity next year.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Like you said earlier, he's not going to blow you away. He's low 90s, but he hits the spots like he's supposed to. He fits exactly what Jim Callis told told us at the beginning of the season, uh, which is what we were stocked with in our system. Right. The Astros yeah. have a lot of guys that are you know, not Burlander types, but we got a lot of guys that do what they're supposed to do. They still get the job done. I mean, look at uh, Framber and uh, Luis Garcia, guys like that. But, well, not necessarily Luis Garcia, but Framber as far as just, you know, just hits the spots, lives on the corners.
1: Yep. And then – more pitching prospects down in triple a killing it right now hunter brown we talked about him he got promoted to triple a he's been doing really well his last start i think he ended up giving up like six runs but i think four of them came in the sixth inning and um the hook the, the skeeters were up quite a bit so they went on to win but overall he's got a, a 4.5 ZRA, era and in, triple in a and the strikeout numbers are really good he's got 98 strikeouts in 71 innings so we've talked about him he's the top Astros pitching prospect, 22 years old in AAA. And right now he's basically doing everything that you want to see. He's limiting the walks a little bit too. So the chance of him debuting this year with the Astros seems pretty unlikely, but uh, definitely be a guy that next year, I think he's going to end up forcing his way onto the big league club.
0: Oh, he'll absolutely be on the big league club next year. Um, That's a guy that's just a fringe top 100 prospect. He may not make the top 100, but he's right afterwards, uh, right after that. Uh, I know we are both super high on him. He will be in the rotation at some point next year, barring injury. Um, I don't think I don't look for us to even offer him up in any type of trade scenarios at all. So yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a future that's a future top of the rotation type of pitcher that the Astros have. And not many teams have that either. Yep. So yeah. one
1: other guy i'll hit on peter solomon and we saw him a little bit with the astros got a couple or pitched in a couple relief outings and and that was all we got to see it he he looks solid but in triple a he's he's been he's been really good if you look at the overall numbers there the the era is a little high but since july 13th he's had an outing where he went seven innings gave up one run six innings gave up one run six innings gave up two five gave up none six gave up one and a good amount of strikeouts too he struck out 52 in his last 39 innings and If you take away like his one bad outing, the numbers look really good. So once again, we we talked about the depth that the Astros have, and I don't know what they'll do at the rotation with, you know, Verlander and Gricky being free agents, but the Astros have options like a Peter Solomon who they continue to groom as a starter despite, you know, the Astros employing this piggyback system where they they pitch a lot of guys in relief. Solomon has been a guy who's consistently been a starter, which kind of makes me think the Astros might be banking on him getting starts, Either down the stretch this year in September to give some guys some time off, or next year in the rotation.
0: I agree with you. Um, it was pretty interesting whenever you told me that a couple. I think it was like a month or so ago after he, uh, you know, he was at the big. He was up with the big league club, but then they, um, not necessarily demoted him, but sent him back to AAA. Mm-hmm. But you know, it'll it'll be interesting just to see what the plans are for a lot of these guys. But we also have Granky and Berlander both hitting free agency. We don't really have an ace type. I think McCullers is a very solid two. He's borderlining on an ace. But, you know, not necessarily like that we have to have one, but they also may be looking to fill out our rotation um, as cheap as possible, especially whenever we have some free agents that are coming up. I mean, not just Granky and Verlander, but Carlos Correa is still a free agent at the end of the year. And, you know, there could be that hope that we sign him and we have to go cheap somewhere else. I hate to say it that way. I don't mean it in a bad way, like in a negative way. But, you know, you just – you can't. We're not going to be able to have all these all stars forever, you right? Know?
1: Yeah, and if they're if they're content with a McCullers as you know their, your top guy, and then a Garcia and a Valdez and her Kitty, that means you're basically only filling one spot, and you got guys like a Peter Solomon or as We talked about Hunter Brown, somebody like that stepping up to potentially fill that that fifth starter role. So yeah, a lot of options. But down in Double A, one of the guys that's that's been one of our favorites all season has had a really phenomenal season, especially given everything that he's went to to this point. Joe Perez, he struggled a little bit. Early on in double A, but he's really started to pick it up. His last 13 games is in 386, hitting 315 over his last 30. And overall the season, he's, he's hitting 296, 27 doubles, 16 homers. Uh, just a, a phenomenal season for the 21-year-old, you know, former second-round pick who, who's really showing why he was a second round pick and establishing himself as one of the best position player prospects in the Astros system.
0: yeah I know you and I like just said, super that I think we're gonna see Houston very soon. He had to, he had a really good year. I mean, you don't get promoted twice in the same year for nothing. Yeah. So um, that's going to be one guy that we're definitely going to be keeping our eye on for sure.
1: Yeah, and then the other guy who we were really excited about this season and, and had a good year, unfortunately, is on the the injured list now. Corey Lee. Uh, I don't know what the extent of the injury is, but he has he has missed a, a little bit of time. But he's sitting two eighty eight overall. Got the eleven homers. He started to slow down a little bit. So I don't know if it was a, a fatigue thing with you know this being the most games he's played, especially with no twenty twenty season. He was just drafted in nineteen. Uh, but overall, really good season from him. So he'll be a guy that'll probably end up starting out in Triple A, and it'll, it'll be right there, close to to making the majors.
0: Oh yeah, I you know I wouldn't even be surprised if uh, he's making the majors within a couple of months of the season starting next year. Yeah. Such a phenomenal year for Corey Lee. We've got Maldonado under contract for a few more years, Castro under contract for just one more year. But man, Corey Lee, everywhere right. he went this year. I mean, he got promoted twice as well. But everywhere he went. He just was mashing the ball, not just doing that, playing good defense, had a good arm, cutting yep. uh, runners down, everything. He was doing it all. It wasn't like he was just doing one thing really, really well and struggling in other areas. He had no weakness this year.
1: Yeah, another another favorite we've talked about that's uh, finally started. He, he got promoted to double A, struggled a little bit, but he's finally starting to crush it recently is Matthew Barefoot. He's up to 20 oh, yeah. home runs on the season, which is second in the Astro system, 17 stolen bases. And, and I don't know if you saw that there was a video, one of his home runs, I think it was maybe last week, according to the the hooks and if you watch the video it sure looks like it but it went 510 feet and the ball was just crushed and he's not hitting cheap ones and the dude can freaking mash and it's nice to see him kind of kind of coming into his own at the at that higher level that double a level and watching him just crush baseballs like
0: that absolutely that's a guy that you turned me on to earlier in the season uh everything about his game so far has just impressed us big time um that's man I, I don't really have too many words for him right now because he's unlike other players that we're used to seeing. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's got, he's got the tools in all the right areas and I, but I wouldn't call him a five tool player yet. Um, but yeah, man, that's going to be a guy that Astros fans are going to know very quickly. Those who don't already know about him.
1: For sure. Yeah. And that's one thing. If you can, he, he, the strikeout numbers are there a little bit, but they haven't been terrible. And with that kind of power, you know, it doesn't matter where you play. If you, if you have that kind of power, they're going to find a position for you. So nice to see him kind of get it rolling. Absolutely. We'll jump down to, to high A, the Taurus. They're at 40 and 51 right now. They've actually been playing a lot better baseball. And we talked about them. They kind of suffered their promotions. A lot of the guys that were killing it in high A, Joe Perez, Corey Lee, Alex McKenna, they all got promoted to double A. But now they've they've kind of got those promotions from Fayetteville, and they're they're doing a little bit better. And one of the guys, JC Correa, we talked about him a bunch, and like we said, he's a guy to watch. And it it's not because of his brother; it's because the dude is just freaking crushing. And in uh, in high A, I think he's been there about twenty games, and he's hitting 351, eight doubles, three homers. Uh, a few night or a few weeks ago, had a six for six game, hitting 320 overall. And the, the guy can just flat out hit. You know, and we we've mentioned that where he fits in a in a future role as a second baseman or third baseman maybe I'm not really sure but the guy can hit And if you can hit you know you're going to continue to rise and eventually get an opportunity
0: yeah I saw some people on Twitter uh, about a month ago saying that you know the only reason he was ever drafted was because of Correa because of his brother because of Carlos and you know this that and the other just the whole incestuous type of uh, right you know reasoning but man his play this year has just been amazing to the point of I mean, like if his last name was Jones or, or Gonzalez or anything else, you'd be like, wow, this guy's legit. And yeah. You wouldn't even have to worry about it. But no, he's he's really putting it together. He's having himself a heck of a year. Uh really looking forward to see how he puts that together next year and moving forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. He's he's had a a really good season. Like you like you mentioned. If he was, you know, I think people overlook him because he's he's Carlos's brother and think that, like you said, it was just a courtesy sign or something when he's actually right. a legitimate prospect. Yep, so, I agree, man. Shay Whitcomb, guy we talked about fifth round pick in 2020 but he only signed for $56,000 and he's had a really good season. Overall 17 homers, 26 stolen bases and high a, he's got a, a hitting 270 883 OPS and just uh, showing the Astros the Astros depth right there uh, another guy that they drafted, barely paid any money to as a signing bonus and has put up a really good season and we talked about building a deep system and that's one way you do it. You find those guys that are unknowns which leads me to the next guy. Justin Durden, he's an undrafted free agent in 2020, but he's sitting 273 with a 940 OPS this year in 72 games. He's drawing a lot of walks. Strikeouts are uh, there a little bit, but the guy gets on base. He hits for power, outfielder, and, and signed as an undrafted free agent. The Astros, we've seen it over and over. They know what they're doing in the scouting, and it continues to pay off in the minor league system.
0: Yeah, man, and whenever you mentioned those guys, along with um, you know Matthew Barefoot a moment ago, those are the guys that whenever you and I talk about it, like with some of, you know, whenever we get in our little chats that you and I have and our text messages, mm-hmm. that's whenever you and I really start to disagree with the national perspective on the Astros. We've got a lot of good young talent down there that's going to make it to the majors, maybe not with the Astros, but with another player, right. or with I'm sorry, with another team. And it won't be because, well, that team's terrible and they just have to have someone to fill out the team. Not everybody's going to be an all-star, you know what I mean? But there's still going to be several, several of these guys that are going to be solid major league players. And those guys are some of them. Shea Whitcomb, Matthew Barefoot. It's just, you know, they may not make a lot of prospect lists, dude, but, but they're legit players.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Brian De La Cruz gets an opportunity with Miami, and he's played in 21 games. He's hit .319. He's 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 filled in well at his position. A 117 exactly. OPS plus. So another guy who was basically blocked here wasn't on any top anybody's top 30 list, and he gets an opportunity in Miami, and you see what he he can do. So yeah, you're right. The Astros have done a very good job accumulating talent that is probably overlooked on the national level, but can can play and is forcing their way to uh, you know to get an opportunity like De La Cruz. Another guy who's been killing it, and I, I don't want to mess – I think it's Yiner Diaz, the, the, the catcher they got in, the, in the, uh, yeah. the 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 Miles Straw trade. He uh, got promoted to high A. He's got three homers in three games, overall hitting two ninety seven. But I was surprised MLB.com uh, put their top 30 prospects out, and they had him as number 14. So that's a, a pretty good jump from where he was, I think, after the trade. I think they had him at like 30 or 29 maybe before the, uh, before the reshuffling. But clearly – that means Jim Callis and, is high on him and what he's heard has been good thing. So I'm really excited to see see what he can do. And it, that that's not a throw-in guy, you know, on the model straw trade. He's a legitimate prospect, number 14 in the system now. So uh, just another catching prospect. It felt like we went from having no catching prospects to now we got Corey Lee, Luke Barry Hill, Michael Papirski in AAA, Diaz down in high A, uh, Nate Perry down in low A. So finally huh? the, the depth is just building there at the catching uh, catch position.
0: Absolutely. And a lot of people really turn their heads whenever Jim Callis mentioned how he's not just a throw and he was surprised that we were able to obtain uh, Yair Diaz in that trade. So that's definitely something to watch. I know Corey Lee looks to be the future at the position, but you can never have too much depth at any one position in any sport, especially right. baseball. So uh, if you get a good tandem like that, maybe maybe those two guys are the tandem moving forward in the future, man. You never know.
1: Yep. And another young pitcher who we've talked about, and we've we've heard great things, Misael Al He's got, he got promoted to high. He's got 12 strikeouts in eight and two thirds innings, but overall 76 strikeouts in 51 innings. You know, guy hitting 97, 21 year old pitcher. So uh, once yep. again, the Astros finding those guys that are unheralded and, and, and turning them into legitimate prospects. And that's what he is right
0: now. Right. And for those that listen, that, necessary that this isn't a bad thing but if you live or die with the national prospect ranks those kinds of guys like jimmy was just saying are the ones who after a year or so of doing it consistently in the minors that's whenever national scouts and national uh, people start paying attention to you that's whenever you start getting ranked or whatever you know especially the ones that come out of nowhere all these undrafted free agents that we've signed the guys that we signed in the later rounds roy oswald was what like a 50th round pick something like that mm-hmm. he did it for years down in the minors so these guys could still turn into like a, a to top, sure. top prospects. And just like you said about De La Cruz, he gets a shot with Miami and he's not floundering, man. He's kicking yep. ass over there. He's doing really well. He had a grand slam the other day.
1: So yeah. You no, know, I was going to say, when we, when we get to it here in a little bit, another guy that Jake Myers, another guy that wasn't on a, a top list and put together a great season and he's he's had success at the major league level as well.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, we're going to get to that a little bit later on, but I know you and I were super high on him pretty much all year yep. once he had that start that he had. Um, yeah, we'll talk about him a little later on. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, we'll jump down to low A, the Woodpeckers. they got a couple surprising performances right now. One is Christian Gonzalez, a shortstop, who's tall, lanky, but has, has a, a solid hit tool. he's sitting 245, 19 years old. But he was also a guy who I ended up having him a, a lot higher than I think many people expected. And then MLB came out with their list like a week or two later, and he was really high on their list too. So I've heard a lot of good things about him. I mean, the dude's got a cannon of an arm on the infield. And he's only 19. I think he's six three. He's still still growing. Still has plenty of room to add power and stuff. And uh, definitely looking like a, another legit young shortstop prospect in the Astros system. So another another good signing for the Astros.
0: And shortstop is one of those positions that you can't. You really can't have enough good prospects in any position. Stop right. Is, or one position that you always one of the first questions whenever a scout uh, is scout shortstop is will he stick at the position? Or do we have to move him to third right. or even second base? So that's that's very, very encouraging whenever we see things like that.
1: Definitely. And uh, Billy Wagner's son, I know he, he was drafted by the Astros, and so far he's had he's off to a nice start hitting 317 in 11 games. Figured I'd give him a shout-out. He actually pitched in a game, too, and I think he went like an inning in a third and struck out two. So I don't know if he's, like, legit on the mound or if it was just a, a solid performance. But, you know, he wasn't just throwing, you know, 70-mile-an-hour fastballs in there and getting hit. So nice to see that from him. A fourth-rounder that they also drafted this year, Chase McDermott, People were really high on him, really good stuff. He had his debut at the Woodpeckers a couple days ago, and he struck out six and in three innings. So just a, another – looks like another good find for the Astros.
0: Yep. And like we were talking about with these guys that were drafting, they're immediately uh, paying dividends down at low A. They're yep. getting their feet wet. This is a Billy the Kid's son, man. That's awesome.
1: I know. <laughs> <laughs> and one other guy we'll mention, Alex Santos, the second-round pick from a couple of years ago. He's got 41 strikeouts and 34 innings this year. He's got a 3.15 ERA. So, just man, it's been it's been a great year. Just having baseball back in general, minor league baseball back. But oh, yeah. the Astros have had some phenomenal performances, and a lot of their top prospects have, have performed well. We're not, you know, outside of, I mean, outside of the injuries that you know, the Jeremy Pena and the Whitley and some of those guys getting hurt like that. We've seen a lot of really good performances, both offensively and and pitching uh, from our top guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like we just said earlier, and we've been saying it all year, I know that our system isn't ranked that high. I, I believe the midseason one came out, and we were, what, 29th out of 30? Yeah. Something like that. There's just no way, man. I mean, 10-plus years ago, whenever we had the worst farm system in baseball, you couldn't find a single player down there that you thought – could be at least a role player at the major league level right we've got so many more now than we just had back then
1: all right that's going to do it for segment one in the next segment brian and i are going to talk about the big league club and and share our thoughts on the resurgence they've had over the last couple days and how we might look in the playoffs and we'll get to that in just a moment and continuing on here at the astros future podcast presented by apollo media if you enjoy the show do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars so before we get into the Astros, there's one other topic I, I wanted to talk about, and that was the Skeeters, and they had a phenomenal comeback on Saturday night. What made it even better is, is Bregman hit a home run, I think it was Friday night, and the OKC Dodgers tweeted out something about, you know, it's almost like he knew what was coming, and then later decided to tw- tweet something about living rent-free and Astros fans' hedge, which didn't make a lot of sense because they're the ones that, that talked about it. Well, the Dodgers go up 11 to nothing on Saturday night, and the Skeeters had a phenomenal comeback, uh, scored 12 runs, ended up winning 12 to 11. Um, and that was the last you heard from the Dodgers. So ultimate karma there. They're trying to talk crap about Bregman down in AAA, and then they, get, they have a phenomenal comeback by the Skeeters. So just want to mention that before we get into the Astros. Well,
0: I just want to say one quick thing about the Dodgers and their fans. Yeah. That World Series title in 2015, how you look at it, whatever, you, whatever your thoughts are on it, that is more relevant and legitimate than the half, even half season title they got this year, yeah, 60 games. I mean, like, could do you even really consider yourself a world champion into your career? One <laughs> won a world series in a 60 game season. I, I, hey, if that helps them out, if that's what helps them sleep at night while they suck their phones and whine about <laughs> 2017, that's fine, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, speaking of the, the Astros, they're sitting at 73 and 50 right now, which is a good record, but the Pythagorean yeah. win loss, which kind of uh, accounts to the runs scored versus runs against has them at 79 and 44 and they unfortunately play some played some pretty bad baseball over in Kansas City this last week and you know it was it was a, a frustrating week because they lost to the Angels three to one they lost to the Royals three to one they lost to the Royals three to two and then the one game they score six runs they lose seven to six and it's just like the the day that they finally got the bats going a little bit the the bullpen the starter struggled and gave up seven runs but they got that win Thursday in Kansas City that that extra inning win went ended up winning six to three after scoring three runs in the tenth, and then the last couple of games against Seattle, they have just they have just crushed the ball. Won twelve to three, won fifteen to one on Saturday, and really nice to see them kind of get the bats going and, and just I guess enjoy some home cooking and some blowout wins.
0: Yeah, man, and it, it fits that whole thing that we've been going through all season where we're terrible against crap teams. Yeah. And we're great against good teams. I didn't realize Seattle was almost 10 games over 500 whenever they came in. Not at all. So, um, at least I think I'm right on that. Am I wrong? But I anyway, have to look up way, the schedule, but yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that they were at least had a record. So, yeah, again, that's what we're doing. I was really, man, that was really kind of a gut punch to the Kansas City um, series because I figured, okay, the, role, uh, the, uh, the A's, I can't remember who the A's were playing, but they're playing a difficult team. And mm-hmm. then we were going to go. And uh, play against Kansas City. But, okay, we'll pick up at least a game or two. And we ended up, we both lost three out of four of those right. So we didn't really gain up any ground. But, but yeah, man, like you said, back against uh, Seattle, we tend to murder Seattle. So we're doing really, we're, we're right on schedule there. But anyway, we'll just see how it goes the rest of the season. But yeah, it's, it's baffling way that we are you know
1: yeah you're right they they the Mariners came in I just looked it up they came into that series 66 and 56 10 games above 500 and then the Astros just just destroyed them. And yeah it's something they've continued to do all season they have played down to the competition and struggled against some bad teams but when we face good teams they they end up killing them and fortunately if you make when you make it the playoffs there's going to be good teams so you know I think the Astros right. will be okay in the playoffs but we've also been able to see some guys making the most of opportunities and Jake Myers finally got a chance to kind of get some consistent starts with Kyle Tucker on the, on the health and safety protocols. And he's made the most of, he's got the three homers I Think he's sitting above 300. So really nice to see him get, get an opportunity and, and uh, start crushing the ball. Like we've seen him do all season long.
0: Absolutely, man. It's very refreshing to see this going on right now. Um, one good thing about the team has been that, you know, I know a lot of times whenever one guy struggles, a lot of other guys start struggling at the same time. I haven't really seen that, that as much this year. It, whenever we have one or two guys struggling, there's always one or two that are just mashing the ball. You know what I mean? It always seems like mm-hmm. Kyle Tucker's the one who's mashing the ball when others are, uh, you right. know, in their cold zone or whatever you want to call it.
1: Yep. Yeah, for sure. And, and like even in, even in Kansas City, the bats were pretty, pretty quiet, but Carlos Correa finally started stepping it up, and that's kind of carried through. And now overall the bats are obviously on fire the last couple of games. Right. And another guy that – we're finally seeing what he can do he, he seems like he's getting some consistent at bats and taylor jones and the guys he, he, overall he's got 15 rbis this season he's sitting 230 um, but i think since he's been recalled to this most recent time he's been hitting the ball a lot better we saw him having a great game on saturday and um threw out a guy in left field hit i think went three for five hit a homer so once again the astros getting those contributions from from spots that you didn't expect coming into the season
0: Yep. Agreed. Uh, Taylor Jones has been doing really well lately. He had that, that really, really slow start whenever he was coming up. But again, Mm -hmm. you know, you you don't know how much stock to put into that whenever you're at the major league level, but you're not really getting consistent at bats, you know, but yesterday, man, that game, he was just what a single short of the cycle or something like that. Like he got all the hard ones and didn't get the single. (laughs) So, you know, it happens.
1: Yep. And let's talk about Correa, you know, finally started crushing the ball in Kansas City. But, man, the, the guys obviously has been phenomenal defensively, and that's really helped his war. He's sitting at 5.5 WAR so far in 113 games, which will put him on pace for almost a, an eight-war season, which an eight-war season is like an MVP-level season. So the guy is doing exactly what he needed to do to get paid. Hopefully that payment will come from the Astros. I know me and you will both continue to hold hope. I'm not going to write it off. But man, just a good season for him. And probably I saw our, our buddy Round Rock Tim put a poll, and I don't, it, it's it's tough which way to go. Who, who's your MVP of the Astros this season? Is it Guriel? Is it Tucker? Is it Correa? Is it Altuve? Ooh. And, you know, Correa's probably been the most valuable player, mainly because he's been the healthiest. He's been phenomenal defensively. He hasn't missed, you know, hasn't gone to the IL, I don't think at all this season. So right. uh, just a really good season for him and, you know, kind of doing exactly what he needed to do. The main thing we talked about with him is just staying healthy, and he's been doing
0: that. No, I agree. I think Carlos has been the MVP of the team so far this season, not just with his Batman, but with his glove. How many yep. times have you and I texted each other this year just going, holy crap, did you see that play Correa just made? Or did you see that throw? Did you see that stop? Right. He's thrown out a handful of runners from the outfield grass this yep. year alone, you know, running to first. It's He's amazing, and like we say, we're holding out hope that we still sign him. I don't think it's over with yet. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yep, I agree. And and like I said, that, that defense, you know, we've seen – Uh, really good defensive shortstops and they have value in the, in this league and we see like Angelston Simmons, but to have the defense of what Correa has given you plus the offense, what he's doing this year, one thirty three OPS plus. And um, yeah, it's a guy that I, I, I really hope the Astros find a way to get, to keep him long-term because that'll just talk about extending the the window. If you keep him around and then you have guys like Lee and Pedro Leon coming up and Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez still really early in their career. So that would be a really important signing and, and, one that will make the offseason. But we'll get to that when we get to it. One other thing I want to talk about is, is Lance McCullers, our ace right now, because I kind of feel like he is. Like, if we went into a, a one-game playoff against somebody, that's the guy I think I want on the mound. And he's got 144 strikeouts in 120 innings, 3.21 ERA. Um, and having a good season after signing that that extension in the offseason. And like I said, I, in my opinion, I think right now he's the guy you probably want on the mound in, in a one-game playoff or a game seven.
0: Oh, I agree. He's absolutely the ace right now. I mean, I'm not saying he's the ace by default because he's got the stuff to be a legitimate ace, 20 game mm-hmm. winner, 250 strikeouts at some point. Um, I would hope that he's the game one starter in the playoffs. I think it would be better to have him game one, uh, Granke game two, and then you just kind of fill it out from there. But yeah, man, absolutely. And I think he's going to get the ball opening day next year, unless we re-sign Verlander or Granke.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And, you know, I think you're worried. I shouldn't say worried, uh, but, you know, he got that deal in the offseason. And the main thing for him, we wanted to see him stay healthy and, and be successful. And he's up to 120 innings. I think his career high coming in was 128. So as long as everything continues on this path, he, he's going to be on pace to, to shatter his career high in innings. So good to see that from him, along with the other pitching performance we're seeing from Garcia and uh, and, and Grinke. But another guy who we should hopefully be getting back pretty soon, Jose or Kitty uh, Chandler Rome, just tweeted out said that he scheduled that on a rehab start Tuesday. To go five innings or 70 pitches and right now that's that's a guy that i think a lot of us are really hoping to get back and what's awesome about her is he's like he's kind of that quiet you know like consistent guy that like you know you're he's not your ace you're not counting on him going out there and and, and completely shutting down a team but the guy's just so consistent and, and it seems like every outing he, he's giving you a good solid outing um and, and those people are valuable man and, and her is a guy that i can't wait to get back in the rotation
0: Absolutely. That's one guy that, man, back in 2019, whenever he came on and everything that he was doing, I became a big, big fan of his very, very quickly. I'm super excited to get him back, man. Uh, especially now that we're going to go down to the stretch run, we're getting towards the playoffs. He'll have right. a fresh arm, hopefully. Yep. Yeah.
1: Y- yeah. And one, you know, one thing I kind of like about watching him pitch and I know this is, this is just from a fan standpoint, but the guy wastes no time on the mound. He gets the ball and he's right back at the hitter. And it's fun watching him pitch. Cause there's not a lot of, not a lot of dead time. And you can just tell that that competitiveness in him. And, um, Man, he's got you know he's got a three three eighty ra this season. So really excited to get him back. He'll definitely be a part of the, the postseason rotation. We saw, like you said, we saw what he did in two thousand nineteen. So speaking of the postseason, though, I just wanted to ask you, <laughs> what's your gut right now telling you about about the Astros this season? I'll tell you what I'm thinking, but in terms of where they're going in the postseason and, and how far you think they can make it.
0: Um, truthfully, I, I worry about the starting pitching. Um, I know that the bullpen was our our big area of concern earlier in the season. One thing that you and I were always consistent with was once we get to the playoffs, the bullpen will work itself out Mm -hmm. because a lot of the guys that are in the rotation are going to end up moving to the bullpen, right? Um, We have a solid rotation. We've got McCullers. We've got Granky, or kitty uh, Framber. If he puts it together, I know he's been having, he's been having good games lately, but he has those one or two innings that cost us the game at times, you know? Um, But I I do worry about starting the starting rotation. Um, I think we're better than any team in the American league, but I don't know. I don't know about the world series. Um, I think the Dodgers are going to cakewalk to the world series in in the national league. I wouldn't be surprised if they only lost one or two games in the playoffs going into the world series. They're just that good. Um, That's where I'm at right now. I don't want to be pessimistic. You know how I am, but it's, that's just my gut feeling.
1: Yeah. It's crazy for the the Dodgers. They already had a good team and then they go out and get Max Scherzer and, and Trey Turner. But yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I think at this point, the Astros, the, the question mark going into the postseason would probably be the starting rotation, and mainly it's not because that the rotation isn't good. It's it's almost just there. They lack that that Justin Verlander, that that Garrett Cole that we had in 2019, and you know hopefully McCullers can be that. But then your number two guy maybe is yeah. Zach Greinke, and we've seen him struggle a little bit. But we've seen the good Framber, and if we get the good Framber in the playoffs you know, that changes the outlook for the Astros, especially yep. with their kitty coming back and Garcia and, you know, maybe even going into the bullpen. But if, if you get that elite Framber that we saw early in the season when he first came back and that we've seen in the past, that's a guy that I think can definitely make the difference with the Astros in the postseason.
0: Absolutely, dude. I mean, if we can get them back and they're healthy, we're, we're hanging there with anybody. I just – I do yeah. worry about uh, the Dodgers in the National League. I mean, like, I don't I don't look at anybody else in the National League as a threat to them. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, whenever uh, Washington won the World Series and they beat us, they beat um, they beat LA in the divisional round, but they had so much good pitching. Right, I just don't see another team being able to match up with them in the National League. And anyway, yeah, that's just where I'm at.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I'm I'm if the Astros hit like we've seen like we we're seeing over the last couple days a uh, couple of days, and they get the bats going, they're gonna be if they're gonna be hard to beat in general because the pitching is pretty solid, and the, the, we've talked about it a, a lot how how just elite this lineup is. And unfortunately they went through the struggles recently, but if they hit and they get hot in the playoffs, so definitely definitely going to be hard to stop. You know, we've been, we've been playing the last, I don't know, what's it been July, August, September. I mean, two months, maybe almost without Alex Bregman, you know, one of the guys who we expected to be one of the, the best players on the team. So if we can get him back, and, and get him healthy for the playoffs it it's just like it's it's great room yet in an mvp player that we haven't had in two months you know and that's that's going to be big because even right now the lineup's been hitting pretty well like to mentioned over the last couple of games and to get bregman back and have him be the typical alex bregman in the playoffs is going to make a big big impact
0: oh yeah absolutely a healthy alex bregman who hasn't even had a full season yet i mean that could be the key to everything man i mean i just hope he's healthy yeah he's been Injured basically all year. Um, one tweet that I, I think it was Ben Dubose who said it whenever he went down was he had been playing hurt anyway. So we've right. basically been playing without Alex Bregman all season. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we get him back. That's such a huge boost. Um, yeah, and I think
1: and, I think that's why the yeah. Astros are, have been so patient with him is they want to make sure when they bring him back, he's, he's ready to roll, no issues at all, because he's going to be a, a key to us in the playoffs. And last thing I'll say real quick on the bullpen is – the Astros acquired, you know, Graveman and Maton and uh, Garcia and even Mon- Montero at the the trade deadline. And so far, those acquisitions have been have been have worked out really good. So like going into the playoffs and knowing that we have a, a Kendall Graveman and a Ryan Presley in the eight, nine or one of the guys, you know, maybe is a, the fireman role, the guy that comes out in the seventh or sixth inning, depending on what the position is that. I just feel a lot better with what we have in the bullpen right now, moving to the playoffs. And, and, and then you, you know, you add in a Garcia or maybe even Oda Rizzi pitching the, in the bullpen as well. And definitely makes me feel a lot better about the bullpen.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Bill Maton. I, it seems like every time I turn a game on, he's pitching in those middle relief innings, like six or seventh inning and doing right. exactly what we need him to do. Like yep. you just said, it's almost like he's become that fireman role where he's just putting out the fires left and right. And, Um, I've been really impressed with him. I I hadn't even really heard of him before we got him. Nope. Me neither. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yep. Another, another good deal. So, all right, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast.
0: And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else.
1: As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast covering your Astros in the minor league system.